Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. You won't see him today. There's a number of guys that you're not going to see. Uh, again, I'm not going to, you'll see him. I mean, I'm not going to run down a list every time here, but, you know, no, he's he's going through his process just like we knew he would. Um, nothing has happened that would surprise us based on, you know, the information we had. Same thing with Tyree. Again, you know, there's a number of guys you're not going to see out there today. So, um you know, rehabbing the things that they're rehabbing. And again, we know we don't play a game for over a hundred days. So, um, you know, they're doing everything they can do to, to get right. And when they're all ready to go, then eventually they'll be, they'll be back on the field. Hey, welcome in to Unsportsmanlike Conduct to the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders. Before entering the world of news and topics we might find interesting, here we go. You heard it out of the uh, opening there. Uh, Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and Tyree Wilson and why they're not out at OTAs. Adam, uh, you're there. I'm in Dallas with uh, the Golden Knights trying to close out their series tonight. So update us on uh, those two players and if there's a surprise with either of them not being at OTAs. Yeah, I don't think there's necessarily a surprise. And you know, I'll start with Tyree Wilson, who I think everybody knew. Uh, at the time of the draft, had a, a foot a foot injury it prevented him from doing much in the pre-draft workout. Uh, he said he should be ready for training camp. I know there are some people s- skeptical about that, but um, that was always known all along. I mean, that was kind of built in uh, Ty- Tyree Wilson. It's one of the reasons we said here on the show uh, that you know we didn't love the pick, or I'll say I didn't love the pick necessarily because I think there is questions long term uh, about his foot. So, uh, not really a surprise that he's not out here. Garoppolo. Um, I don't think it's a surprise necessarily. I mean, look, he's a guy that was hurt late in the season. He wasn't able to play for the 49ers. That's why he wasn't available, um, you know, throughout the season. And then when, uh, they did need a quarterback in the NFC championship game, he still wasn't back yet to, uh, to participate. Um, it sounds like he may have had a procedure in March after he signed with the Raiders and, uh, that he's still recovering from that. But, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels didn't want to talk about that. He said, we're not going to talk about specific um, you know, health issues or what people have gone through to be out here. So um, no Garoppolo, and I wouldn't expect to see him at all uh, through any of these off-season activities over, throughout the next couple of weeks, probably not till training camp, if if then. Um, and same thing with Tyree Wilson. I don't think he'll be out here at all for any of these uh, OTAs or mini camps. And um, you'll have to see what he looks like when it comes uh, training camp time. But obviously, you know, that that sets back a little bit of the, the work that they're able to do with Garoppolo in terms of the receivers and getting on the same page. But it also does give... Um, you know, Aiden O'Connell and to a lesser extent, you know, Brian Hoyer, uh, time to work with some of those guys and to get a little, get a few reps because once training camp comes, I expect it to be a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo if he's, if he's healthy. And that's, and I think in people's minds, that's always a big if with him when they sign him, that's what we heard. Well, how can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? He's struggled doing that. Uh, should Raider fans uh, be concerned? Should this be, here we go again with him? Uh, or do you think uh, from what you've heard today that they're, yeah, this was just a procedure he needed, and he will be there for training camp. Yeah, I mean, yes and no, right? I mean, should Raiders fans be worried that Garoppolo is going to be healthy throughout a full season? Of course. I mean, we haven't seen him play a full season. He's he's hurt all the time, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get hurt in the future. But I think you should be prepared uh, for the fact that he could get hurt. And I don't, you know, think anybody's thrilled with the backup options necessarily. I mean, Brian Hoyer is a really good, uh, really good guy, really good teammate. He'll he's potentially, you know, a coach on the field. That's kind of why he's here. Like. All those things are true, 
but I don't think anybody would be, you know, lining up to to you know predict the Raiders would win many games when he's out there as a, as a starter if he has to. And Aiden O'Connell is a real project. I don't think he's anywhere near ready uh, to play NFL games right now. So um, should Raiders fans be worried about Garoppolo getting hurt and what would happen after that? Yeah, of course they should. But at the same time, what are the expectations? Like are, are Raiders fans coming in here thinking, oh man, if Garoppolo misses a few games, we might, might not make the playoffs. Well, I don't necessarily think that's a reasonable expectation for this team anyway. Uh, so this is this is a year about development. I know people don't like to hear that, but this is a year about development and, and building guys and you know, trying to build the foundation of where you want to be. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I, I do expect Garoppolo to be hurt at some point and miss games, but, um, I don't think that's going to be what cripples the season. I don't think there is much, you know, expectation to begin with. Other guys that, uh, I read were missing today, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, anyone you can bring us up to date on and is Josh Jacobs. I know you talked to coach McDaniels this morning about him. Um, what he said about Josh Jacobs and is this obviously this a contractual situation? Yeah, look, I mean, we, we've kind of been on, you know, We've known Josh Jacobs wouldn't be here. Obviously, he hasn't signed his franchise tag yet. We don't know if he will do that. We expect him probably to because it's he doesn't really have that many options uh, outside of playing on a franchise tag this year. If he wants to sit out the year, he could. Um, but I expect him to sign it at some point if they can't work out a long-term deal, which does seem like a long shot. But no surprise that he's not here. I would say the fact that he announced the number change, the fact that they updated the roster uh, to reflect the number change, uh, and all those factors lead me to believe they do believe uh, that he's going to be playing on the team this year. So I don't think there's necessarily long-term concern about that. Uh, so he'll be here eventually. And obviously with a running back, it probably helps to not be at OTAs because he knows the system. He knows what he has to do and he can save some wear and tear on his body. So I don't think that's a concern at all. Um, the Hunter Renfro one is weird to me. Uh, I mean, I think it, it should be, it should raise some, some eyebrows, um, around the fan base and around around Raider Nation because uh, there's been so much speculation about his future with the team. They're not going to cut him because of the contract. Could they look to trade him? Certainly. Um, and, and that might be the case. Is this the team telling him they're working on a trade and don't be here? Is this him proactively saying, look, I don't want to be here. I'm not going to be at OTAs. Or is he just banged up? Like that's possible. <laughs> the team is not really discussing, uh, as as McDaniel said, he's not going to discuss individual players' health and you know why or why why they are or not on the field. Uh, Hunter Renfro's had some injury concerns in the past. Like maybe they're just saving him, they're resting him. Maybe he's banged up. We don't know. But I think obviously the first time that we're on the field to observe OTAs, the fact that he's not there is going to be a topic of discussion. There's no question. There's no way to get around that. I know you. We had um, Coach McDaniel's uh, uh, talk about the new uh, kickoff rules. Uh, we're going to hear yeah. him. Uh, we're going to hear him now about it. Well, yeah, there is. And and uh, what I would say is, is I, I've seen the plays, you know what I mean? And not every kickoff in the entire league all year, but I've seen enough of them as we go through one season to the next to see that, you know, there's definitely, obviously you have a high rate of speed when you're running down there and, and there's definitely some collisions that take place that are, um, you know, that I know we've tried to get out of the game. And so, um, again, sometimes there's going to be some unintended consequences, you know, and so what does this mean for the kickoff and the strategy that people will employ? Um, will more people try to put the ball on the ground, you know, force returns that way? I, I don't know. We're going to find out, you know. So, like like I said, I think there's a lot to dig into here um, and see how each team wants to use it. 
Um, bottom line for us is if we kick the ball, we got to be ready to cover it. You know what I mean? Because there's no guarantee that they're going to put their hand in the air. So if they don't, if they don't signal for a fair catch, then we're playing, you know, football as football has been played. And so, um, you know, each team will have an individual decision and a choice to make on that. And like I said, until we see the whole entirety of the rule and, and, you know, what those ramifications are going to mean to us, it's hard to necessarily sit here and say exactly how we're going to use it yet. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. All right, that was Coach McDaniels come back. What, what are your thoughts on what he said? And, and I haven't asked you yet. You and I haven't uh, seen each other in a while um, since the Knights went on the road, so... Uh, first your thoughts on the new kickoff rules and then what he said. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, I think it's silly. I think it's a, a silly rule. It looks silly when it happens in college. It's going to look silly when it happens in the NFL, but eventually we'll all adjust to it. And for those that don't know, it's, you know, you can, uh, the receiving team can call for a fair catch anywhere inside the 25 yard line and the ball just comes out to the 25. So if you're going to be, you know, the Raiders have been very good at, at kicking the ball so that it lands like inside the four yard line and right at the sideline. So it's easy to trap a team in. Uh, it's easy, e- much easier to make them start inside their own 25. And this completely takes that strategy portion out of this and teams just fair catch it there and they move out to the 25. And um, it, it takes a lot of intrigue and, and uh, strategy out of a kickoff, which I think the the more plays that are meaningless, the worse it is for the game. So I, I think it's silly in that regard, um, but they'll figure it out. But, you know, Josh McDaniels is one of few coaches that hasn't really bashed it. Um, he's, he stayed neutral. Now I've heard, you know, from other people that Josh McDaniels isn't thrilled with it. And I don't think, uh, I haven't heard a coach that likes the rule. I haven't heard a you know, player that likes the rule yet. So, um, you know, I, I think that the, he's kind of towing a company line there in terms of how the owners voted and how the league voted and what they decided to do. Um, but my specific question to him was more about, look, the league keeps saying, uh, that this play, the kickoff play, generates more concussions than any other play, and they're going for safety. And if that's the case, I think everybody's for it. Um, but they keep saying that without showing any data of it. And literally minutes after uh, I asked that question to Josh McDaniels, not that it's related, it's just a coincidence, but um, I know there was a discussion on the Pat McAfee show, and um, Pro Football Talk was involved, and Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk was involved in the conversation. And, uh, they said that the the owners told the coaches that there was 19 concussions on kickoffs last year and they showed them a tape to prove it. And the coach said, that's only eight. Like, what are you talking about? If this was all 19, where, where are the rest of the concussions? Like, what, what are you talking about? Um, so there was, you know, a lot of, a lot of confusion about that. And the, and the fact that there's no hard data or no, you know, facts to back up this, this anecdotal evidence, I think is, is a little concerning for some coaches. And um, it's clear that the league is worried about, uh, long-term uh, lawsuits for one thing uh, that could go into the future of, you know, not protecting players. And I think that's a good thing. It's a really good thing, but um, you know, let's see the numbers. If you have numbers, let's see them and let's see the, you know, the evidence that backs that up. And if that's the case, then I think everybody's all for, Hey, let's figure something else out. Now, can you abolish the kickoff completely? Um, I would say yes. If you want to go to that, uh, you know, fourth and 15 onside kick rule, uh, because if you can't get rid of a kickoff, because teams might want onside kicks, so you can't get rid of the play. Right, but, right. You know, could you go to that if you want an if you want an onside kick, you go for it on fourth and fifteen instead. Maybe you do that, and um, this might be the first step toward implementing that. Which uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I think this rule on its surface, with no other context, is a little bit silly. 
It sure takes away one of the more exciting plays in football. What the the kickoff return? Yeah, the kickoff return. I mean, it's exciting when somebody breaks one for sure. Yeah, but I, I, I like more the strategy of it. And Josh, look, Josh McDaniels pointed out some other things like, you know, what are you going to do if a team kicks off from the fifty? If there's a, a penalty on the receiving team, you know, on the on the t- previous touchdown or wh- whatever it is, um, what if you kick off from the fifty? Does the team still get to bring it out to the twenty-five? Because that seems unfair. Then what stops you from just committing fifteen-yard penalties that aren't really going to punish you? Um, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of questions out there about how it's going to be implemented. And he pointed those out today. So I think that, that was, that was fair on his part. What did you, uh, before we get to Devonte Adams, did you see anything at OTAs? I know, uh, yeah, I know where you guys stand. I know what your vantage point is, yeah. uh, but did you see anything at OTAs that stood out to you? Well, we had, we were right on the field with the, uh, the, the special teams unit. Right. Like uh, you do. Yeah. So, uh, got to watch a lot of the snapping. There were some struggles with the snaps. Look, first, first couple of days of OTAs, I think that's going to happen. Um, but no Trent Sieg, he's, you know, they moved on from him. So, uh, developing some chemistry between the, uh, the kick, the, the punter, uh, AJ Cole and the long snapper and Daniel Carlson is out there for some kicks as well. So that's what we got to see up close uh, on the other fields. Yeah. You could see, you know, a lot of rotations, a lot of, um, I, I thought, I thought a lot, a lot quicker pace than last year, which makes sense because they, they already know the system. They know the practice schedule. They know the routines, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, so I think you saw a little bit more pace and, and I think that's good. Uh, it shows that they're further along than they were last year at this time, which you would hope they were, but uh, you saw that for sure on the field. Did you see the comments by Darren Waller today? I did not. Says, and this is from ESPN, uh, Darren Waller is embracing the change of scenery and approach from the New York Giants. His first quote is, they value our opinion here. As a player, I like, I feel like a lot of places I've gone, you're told to do certain th- things a certain way and you do those things. But here it's like they ask a lot of questions. They want you to know what you're thinking, want you to know well, you what you want to do more. So to offer input is a really cool thing because coaches and players have to be in partnership. We're all together and shouldn't be clashing with each other. We're just all going in the same direction. <laughs> See, I, I, I chuckled as well. And this happens a lot. Guys go to new teams and you see these comments about, you know, certain places they've been and everything, um, how much, you know, veracity is to it or what, what he's really talking about. I don't know, but I, I thought it was interesting. It's, that not, it's it, not vague in this case, Ed. No, I mean, the value, the opinions here, he, he seems like uh, his voice wasn't heard very much with the Raiders and his opinion, not anyone else. Well, this, I think it was clear thing. there was, there, there was some, lingering issues um you know with waller and some you know some other parts of the offense and especially with josh mcdaniels it seems so um i i think this without saying his name is a fairly direct shot uh from right. darren waller which you know you don't expect and I'm, I'm, that's not even necessarily saying mcdaniels is wrong in this situation you just you you knew that there was those issues and waller didn't feel um he felt more like a player than a person i feel like last year uh and and that's something that really troubled him and i think you know, finding a place where he can't, where he doesn't feel that way is, is good for him um, emotionally and personally and, and all those things. So um, I'm sure he's happy, but um, you know, turn the page, right. I mean, hopefully this is, he got out of his system and he can move forward and just be, uh, be him with his new team and be happy. Yeah. Uh, his, his uh, wife, uh, they're doing well. The ACE is starting yeah. out with a great season. Uh, okay. As you said the other day, get to the playoffs. This is stupid with the ACEs. They're just going to run. They're, they're just too good. They're just too good. Uh, all right, let's switch gears to Devontae Adams. Um, we all know, and you and I talked about last week, his comments in the ringer and that article. So this was the first time he was able to talk to the media um, uh, or they put him in front of the media to talk yeah. about the article. Um, before we hear the the um, the clip here, what were your first impressions of him? 
Yeah, I mean, look, he didn't apologize. He didn't really back down. He, you know, he said, he said, don't, he said, you know, I said what I said and, and I have my opinions and I'm, I've earned my opinions. And I think that's, that's fair and that's accurate. And, um, he's not like, it's not like he's backing away or saying he was misquoted. He did say there was more context that was missing, uh, from what he said, but he, you know, he stood by it. And, um, I think that was, you know, it was clear that he was going to do that because he's, he's always just careful about what he says. He's, he's careful with his words. He understands what he's saying. And I don't think he's going to say that he didn't say it. Um, you know, he, he, he said, I'm happy. I want to be here long-term. I'm not going anywhere. Um, he said he, you know, is on the same page with Dave Ziggler. He did point out a funny thing. He said, you know, it's, it's crazy because no matter what you say, it gets taken a certain way. He said, you know, this, this article says, I'm not, I don't see eye to eye with the organization. So I post a picture with the GM and everybody says, Oh, he hates the coach. Like he's, he's right. You can't win. Um, but I think the, the interesting part from him was not kind of di- discussing that article. It was more, him saying that at a certain point in his career, he did let, you know, media articles and social media and things like that bother him. And he did let things like drop passes bother him where you know, he would drop a pass and look around and say, all these people hate me. And it would really affect the rest of his game. And he said, he learned to not do that. Um, so what I asked him um, and we can, you know, address some of that over the other side, but what I asked him is, did he, you know, did success in the league, did being one of the best receivers allow him uh, to, to start ignoring people or did, did he start having more success uh, when he learned to ignore people? And I thought he had an interesting answer. Going back to a second, you talked about you know, stopping, you, you don't care anymore. You know, you didn't think you might think about a drop early in your career. You don't think about that. Now you kind of let that go. Do you think success allowed you to not think about those things or do you think you had success because you stopped thinking about those things? Another good question. I think that um, it's, it's a little bit of both. The, the real confidence, like, Every receiver is going to tell you, you know, I think I'm the best or I want to be the best. That's the that's the right mindset to have, right? But once you have a little bit behind it, whether it's the resume or you've made plays in practice or just your work ethic, you've you've changed something in a way, you know, you operate on a on a daily basis. The things that you actually do contribute to the mindset and the true confidence because we can all say whatever, you know, you can say I'm the best writer in the world, but if everything you write is, you know, lackluster, then that's, that's not, you're just saying it at that point, nobody else is going to really respect it. So, um, you know, I, I just put the work in and like I said, I started to forget some of the other things and just put it out of my mind, changed my mindset a little bit. And once I, once I had enough behind it, it just kind of, I guess, intensified that, uh, that confidence and that kind of, you know, I don't, I don't really care factor. And, um, you know, here we are. Yeah, that, that was an interesting answer to, to your question. Um, playing off that, uh, I want to know if you took him at his word that there's nothing between, there's no hard feelings between him and the GM and the coach. I mean, you can kind of read between the lines sometimes on guys. And was it more, do you think that he was unhappy with maybe some of the moves that were or were not made in the offseason? Do you think he believes they're not set up to win? Um, yeah, I think, I think what's your it. take? I think that's it. I, I think he he looks around and says, oh, this is not a team that is built to try to win a Super Bowl. This is a team that might be built for two or three years down the road. This is a team that's trying to build a foundation. Um, and that's not, you know, what I'm used to. I, you know, the last three years in Green Bay, he won 13 games all three years. So um, I think what he's kind of getting at is, you know, he didn't really sign up for a rebuild, but he's here and he's part of it and he's going to, he's going to go for it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy and is able to play all year and that they're able to outperform expectations. But I think, um, his take and he he's keeps repeating and saying, look, I recruited Aaron Rodgers to come here. I wanted Aaron Rodgers here. I thought we could compete. We could bring Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and win. And we didn't get him. 
and now we went a different direction and you know he doesn't really see eye to eye on that and and that's that's fine what he said is look it's fine he's like that's okay it's people have different visions of how things are supposed to go um and so i, I think he's not you know he's not really shying away from the fact that he said it and he means it but that doesn't mean he's not willing to be a part of it and, and i think that's a, an important distinction that a lot of people have to make that yeah he's not happy with the fact that they're probably not a contender right now but this is where they are. And he's going to try to make the best of the situation and, and try to make it into a contender. Whose question did he answer with the monopoly line? I can't even remember. Actually, it was, it was, <laughs> it was at the end of his, uh, at the end of a, an answer. So it wasn't really a direct response. It just, he was more talking about, um, you know, no matter what he does, people react to it and overreact to it and then spin it and, you know, put their own takes on it. And he said, you know, you guys are bored. He's like, if you're, he said, uh, if you're that bored, just go play Monopoly or something. Or some bleep. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that part of it, but yeah, he, uh, yeah. he did curse, which is, which is good. It was funny. Um, lastly, Max Crosby came in. Uh, anything new with the, uh, with the star defensive end? No, just uh, keeps grinding, keeps working, wants to be the best in the league, as he's always said. And uh, he did talk about going to power slap last night. Which uh, yeah, were, you, know, were you at that? I was not. Uh, I tweeted out about him, uh, him being there and uh, a lot of other dignitaries from town were there. It was a, it's a mess. It's such a, it's, it's such a spectacle, but uh, Max said, absolutely. He will not participate in power slap ever. Uh, even after his career is over, that's not going to be something he does. Uh, he said he was most impressed by the big Hawaiian guy, which I know you did not see it, Ed, I did not uh, but see it was it. a, I believe he was 394 pounds and knocked okay. out, knocked out the 466 pound uh, gentleman known as Slap for Cash. So Slap literally, for Cash. Yeah, literally, his name is Slap for Cash, and uh, he got slapped for cash and knocked out. And it was, first of all, the first they showed the training montage of Slap for Cash, and I will say that me and a couple of friends were sitting around watching it. Yes, embarrassingly, we were watching it. Um, immediately tried to go bet against him because he looks like he was maybe the worst athlete I've ever seen, which is not surprising for a 466 pound gentleman, but for so somebody with so much hype about his slapping ability, like he had no, no, uh, his, like the torque of his slap was terrible. He couldn't rotate his body around enough. So he said, this guy's in real trouble. And he was, his slap was weak. And then he got slapped, was essentially knocked cold and then they let him take another one, and this time he was not cold. It was it was ridiculous, completely ridiculous to watch. And the Hawaiian was uh, more of a slapper, obviously. Oh yeah, he was a beast. What a, what a star that guy is. Yeah, he just knocked this uh, slap for cash gentleman silly. <laughs> You're still not a fan, are you? I'm not. I'll send you the clip. You can uh, you can enjoy it. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to enjoy that. Um, all right. Uh, well, uh, like I said, out in Dallas for VGK, they can close out the series tonight. Um, don't know when this will be out. If it's out tomorrow, you'll know whether or not they're coming home for game five, which you'll be at, or if they're on to play Florida in the uh, Stanley cup finals. Yeah. And if they win tonight and close this out, it looks like Stanley cup finals will start next Wednesday in Las yeah, Vegas. Next Wednesday at, uh, at T-Mobile arena. So, uh, yeah. lot to, uh, lot to cover there as well with OTAs, uh, you done with OTAs in terms of availability or uh, you get to go out again for today? Uh, this is the first one as we are here recording this on Thursday. It's first availability and they've got about five more coming up the next, uh, next two or three weeks. All right. Availability for all of them. Uh, oh yeah. All right. And then the, and then mandatory mini camp comes, I think in the six to the eighth, six to the eighth of June. Yeah. All right. Lots to cover out there. 
Uh, you're doing a great job as usual. And uh, I will talk to you when I get back to Dallas. This was fun. Uh, good, good job by Larry getting the clips, and we hope you enjoyed those. That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. Remember, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation three times a week. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. 